Hi everyone, my name is Armin Arena of Sage Investors, and I'm here to do a quick uh, mind map analysis of JD.com. Uh, I recently made a decision to buy some shares in JD.com, and so I just want to walk you through sort of my thought process that led me to uh, make that decision. Every time I'm looking at a company and every time I'm analyzing a company uh, and their stock, um, there's some key questions I always ask every, each and every time I'm looking at a company. And essentially what I'm gonna, what I'm gonna do is kind of walk you through how I answer these questions, what these questions are and how I answer them. And ultimately, hopefully at the end of it, I usually have a pretty decent idea whether I wanna buy the stock or not buy the stock. And, uh, and to me, it's a great way to have, build a little bit of structure and build uh, a little bit of uh, rigor in terms of how you analyze companies and how you try to figure out whether you want to buy, uh, buy or sell a stock. So JD.com, it's a company that I haven't had on my radar list, but it kind of popped up. Um, it kind of popped up as I noticed it because the stock um, stock price had been um, falling. It was in the 50s. And it's gone all the way down to, you know, it was around the 36 level when I started to look at it. So I thought, um, yeah, let's take a look at this company. It might be a, an interesting opportunity about it. I, know a little, I knew a little bit about JD, but I uh, thought I'd do a little bit of a deeper dive just to get a better sense of, uh, of, of the fundamentals of the business. So anytime I'm analyzing a company, first question I always ask, guaranteed question I'm going to ask is, what do they do? What do they sell? What, what is unique about them in terms of the products and services that they offer compared to other companies, similar companies? What is their value proposition? So JD.com, if you haven't heard, if you don't know, they're, they're an online retailer, a retailer in China. And they're not just any online retailer. They're, they're considered to be the largest uh, retailer. Uh, in China. In a way, you know, the easy way you want to kind of describe them is they're kind of China's version of Amazon. Similar type process, similar type um, offering in a sense, you know, anything, goods, uh, a lot of products, goods you want, you buy it online. They have an online, they don't have a store per se, a clicks and mortars type store. Uh, it's all online, very similar, the similar shopping experience that you would find with Amazon. It's just China's version of it. Um, they do offer some other types of services. Um, one of the things that they, their claim to claim is, is, a, is their logistics service. I mentioned the same way that Amazon, in a sense, is not so much a retailer but a logistics company. Well, JD.com is a way in a similar way. They also have a financing branch. They have a finance branch, so they get very much into uh, offering financial services, retail financial services. Um, in a way, they're kind of like, in a way, a bank, uh, um, which is something Amazon is not into, but uh, uh, JD has, has built a very uh, lucrative and a very profitable platform on, on that side. Um, this is that they're essentially a website, but they've been branching out into more developing, more formal relationships, expanding their distribution platforms. They've been partnering a lot more with uh, companies like Tencent on the mobile side, you know, getting their uh, e-commerce capability out to the mobile to the mobile site. They're also talking a lot about branching out into you know foreign land, foreign uh, territories, and one of the big ones is they are considering making a big, um, big push down the road 
uh, to the U.S. and actually competing. They believe they can, they can compete with Amazon. They have the infrastructure and the, the methodologies and the logistics to, to compete with Amazon. And uh, that's interesting. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do that. They're currently kind of building their infrastructure out in, in California. And uh, yeah, they're serious about it. Um, who are the competitors? Well, the competitors are actually kind of limited because they're, 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 their focus has been predominantly China, mainland China. So their main competitors have been uh, basically Alibaba and Tencent. Those are the primary competitors. You could say Amazon, but because Amazon isn't in China, there really aren't players yet. But you know, eventually, uh, if they were to make an expansion, then Amazon and you know companies like Walmart uh, could become uh, uh, part of their um, competitive landscape. And there's good things about it, and there's bad things about it. Um, who are the customers? Next question I ask is, who's the customer? Who would go to shop at? JD.com and clearly they've they're they're the largest retailer in China so clearly they appeal to a, a, a real cross-section uh, of people probably targeting more to the younger crowd um, that's at a high a very high level but I did some digging also and when you look at their breakdown in terms of sales they seem to be targeting more uh, they appeal more to more of the afflu affluent uh, Chinese population um, their sales levels, if you look at their breakdown in sales, their sales in what are called tier one um, cities, and those are your Beijing, Shanghai, are pretty, are, are, that's where a lot of their sales come from. And when you look at their sales in the tier threes, it's, it's lower. So a lot of times what I've learned is that People who are, have more money and are interested in higher quality goods are going to go to a uh, are going to go are going to skew their their shopping more towards JD, um, you know, higher quality goods. While companies that people that are, have a lower income tend to gravitate to Alibaba. And that's something I didn't really know about. So when I look at JD.com, I would consider it to be a, sort of that higher end retail uh, experience that people are looking for. Um, question is, do people, uh, it's a great thing, these are the customers now. The question is, do they shop at Alibaba, not Alibaba, shop at JD once in a while, or are they recurring type customers? Because ultimately as investors, we want to see companies that are selling their products over and over and over again. Lots of turnover, lots of constant uh, recurring revenues. And from what I can see, um, given their sales numbers and performance numbers, they, it does seem to uh, they have built a bit of a loyalty and you know increased likelihood that they will come back and buy more uh, from JD.com. So that's kind of a nutshell, quick nutshell of their customer base. Now the question always we always ask also, we also always ask ourselves as investors is, that's great, they may be a great company and people like their products and services, but do they, like, do they make money? Are this, is this a profitable business? So when I looked at 
One of the metrics I kind of go to in terms of measuring financial performance and profitability and wealth creation capability is economic profit, which is taking a company's return on invested capital and then subtracting their cost of capital. And if it's a positive value, then that's a company that's creating tangible wealth, real tangible wealth. And ultimately, from my experience, uh, investors put a premium on stocks where companies are generating positive economic profit over a long period, over consistently over a long period of time. So, when I looked at uh, JD, their return on invested capital over the last three years has ranged from 91 to 144 percent, which is insane. That's like an insane level of return that's that the company is generating. And when you compare it to the company's cost of capital, which is about 10 percent, this company is creating. Um, hyper economic profit. This is a company that's creating a lot of wealth and a lot of tangible, a lot of tangible cash flow is being generated by, by JD.com. It's got a growth rate really, you know, about a 20% growth rate, which is really, really uh, high and really, really solid. So it's this type of growth rate that's really allowed it to be become really the dominant retailer in China, especially on the online side of it. So that's great. Companies definitely creating wealth. That's what we want to see as investors. Now we got to start looking also a little bit at the financial position of the company. How financially strong is this business? This company is this company going to go out of business in like three weeks, or is this company durable enough that it can handle shocks? Strong enough that it's going to be able to handle potential shocks that might occur down the road in the future. So this is where we want to look at the company's balance sheet. Um, so when I looked at the company's balance sheet, one of the things areas I look at is liquidity. The company's ability to uh, meet its short-term obligations, be able to stay, sustain itself on a day-to-day -day basis. And usually you can kind of capture that by looking at the company's current ratio. So the company's current ratio, which compares the company's current assets to its current liabilities, is under one right, right now. So which is usually not a good thing because it means the company has a lot of expenses, a lot of obligations, and it may not have enough cash flow to be able to meet those obligations, which is a bit concerning. But then I kind of dug into the balance sheet a little bit, and I saw that the company's, right now, uh, latest balance sheet I saw, the company has, uh, in terms of cash, it has three times as much cash as debt out there. So if the company wanted to retire all its debt tomorrow, it can do it like it has more than enough money to actually retire its, its debt, which is a great feature I always like, kind of look out for because it shows me that really this company is financially strong and it's not going to go out of business tomorrow. And that's ultimately what I want to invest. I want to invest in high quality businesses that are going to be durable and last for a long period of time. Um, I looked at the debt level and if you look at the company's debt equity, It comes in around 0.25, which is pretty manageable. Um, and, uh, and I looked also at the quality of the company's assets. Does the company have a lot of goodwill or intangible type assets in there? Ideally, I don't want to invest in companies that have a lot of goodwill in there. I looked at the goodwill ratios, percentages for JD, and they're pretty low, low to like not to like non-existent. So, when you factor these elements in, this is a company right now that seems to be creating a lot of tangible wealth, growing really, really healthy, like, and it's got a really, really solid balance sheet. So when I look at the financials, they're pretty rock solid and pretty, they're pretty great. And the fact of the matter is it is the dominant player in, in China in terms of online retail. Um, 
these are good things. These seem to be good things um, that I want to see as an investor. So like anything, these are all good things that are happening right now with the company, but there's also you got to look at the risks. What could go wrong with JD? What could knock this company down a few pegs? A um, couple of things that kind of jump out at me. Uh, one is this whole expansion concept. Like right now, you know, the fact that they're going, they want to go into the U.S., um, that's going to require a lot of investment, a lot of capital, um, and it may not go well. And you're going against some real um, players here who are not spring chickens. These are very dominant businesses. Um, so does JD have the capability to go in there and compete with these type companies? That's hard to tell. Um, then the fact of the matter is this is a China story here we're talking about also. And so there are risks that you know the government could just clamp clamp down on them. Um, doesn't look like it, but the nature of the, the, the system over there is China, the government could shut down companies tomorrow. So you have to put that on, on there. And I think one of the reasons why the stock has been under pressure is I think there's, this, there's issues with trade wars and tariffs. And I think China companies have kind of come under a little bit of pressure because the U.S. is talking about inflicting all kinds of tariffs, especially on China. Uh, Chinese companies and could that put uh, prices, increase of prices and inputs which could potentially um, impact um, a company's uh, financial performance down the road. That's a risk factor that has to be taken into account. So all in all, it seems like this is a pretty solid business and it's doing, it's actually creating tangible wealth. It's not like a dot-com of the year 2000. It's actually creating tangible wealth. That's all well and good, but as investors, I want to buy these stocks. I want to find these great companies, but I want to buy them at a, at a decent price so I can have some potential uh, upside for myself. So as I said, the stock has been falling. It's, it was in the 50s. It's now in the 30s, mid-30s when I started looking at it. In terms of valuation, uh, on a relative basis, it's pretty pricey. Um, the forward P came in around is around 47 times 47 times forward earnings and when you compare it to companies like google and baidu for example just to use those as an example they are coming in around 20 they're in the 20s so it's a pretty expensive stock on a discounted cash flow basis the valuations that i've seen come show the stock coming in between 47 to 60 dollars a share so as I said, right now it's trading at 36. So there's definite um, upside. There's definitely upside here, um, but right now I think it right now it's the stock is I think a bit out of favor, um, and I think part of it is during due to some of these trade concerns. <clears throat> but uh, what the reality of when I'm looking at this company is this is a company uh, is generating 75 billion dollars sales and is really has a market cap of only about 26 billion so uh, it for an online company it's generating four times amount of uh, sales uh, compared to a traditional bricks and mortar and mortar uh, company it's better than even what Amazon is actually doing if you just factor out all the AWS stuff so at the end of the day I kind of looked at you know what it's the best of breed retailer um, it's got a really 
it's targeting a really kind of high income kind of sector or demographic and it's doing a really good job. It's offering those type of experiences that are making people come back. It's generating really solid economic profit, rock solid balance sheet. There are definite risks associated, but the fact of the matter is it's kind of holding its own right now. The stock is pricey, but the stock price has fallen in the last few months and is now at a $36 level. It is cheap compared to its discounted intrinsic value. So when I factored all these elements together, I thought, you know what, this is a cheap way of getting into kind of companies that are trying to um, own the iOS. I've talked about in the past about, um, I think the dominant businesses in the future are gonna be companies that are able to own the operating system or the distribution. Um, companies that can control that distribution channel or can create a, a unique ecosystem and a platform um, are going to be the ones that are going to be probably have more of a val higher valuation. And I think when I look at it in the way that the company is kind of trying to get more into the whole um, mobile side of it and trying to really position itself as that dominant um, China real t re retailer, uh, I think there's a lot of potential here and I think there's a lot of upside in the stock and so ultimately what it made me do is you know, when I factored all these elements together it uh, it led me to, to to say you know what I think I'm gonna open and buy some shares here so it ultimately led to my decision to buy um, shares in JD.com at the current price I bought it at uh, I believe I bought it in at the 36 uh, 90 level so so let's see how it goes so if you have any more questions about uh, this uh, little mind map here or any of my other, you can find all, all my other mind maps that I've done. You can find them through my website, sageinvestors.ca. Um, if you have any questions about my uh, investment courses that I teach, I teach uh, some online investing courses on buying stocks, how to buy and sell uh, stocks and ETFs. You can check it out on my website again and uh, I'd be happy to answer any questions that you might have. So there you go. That's my mind map. Uh, my map that led me to my decision to buy shares in JD.com. My name again is Amin Reina of Sage Investors. Thanks for listening in, watching in, and we'll catch you again another time. Cheers.